Blog Talk Radio. But we're not here to talk about the past. We're here to live in the future, right? So tonight's WWE Raw, more and more requests for a heel turn. No, we're not talking about there's no place like home with Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, but it makes one wonder. And we'll get to that later, but first and foremost, folks, I am going to be fair. And I will cover the results of AEW's all-out pay-per-view, where the matches stood. And then, you know, according to CBS's review, it says, throughout a night of mishaps, a trio of solid title matches managed to somewhat save AEW's worst pay-per-view to date. I mean, the, the entertainment that's going on right now, folks, it depends on how you judge now, like Moxley said, you want your competition to be at its best. Now, some people, in their own minds, man, they firmly stand with WWE. They firmly stand with AEW. I'm in the firm belief that if anybody hops in the ring, not just anybody, let me rephrase that, if people that are professionals that hop in a ring, not hop in a ring, get in the ring to perform and entertain us, what kind of value are they giving us? And us, you know, Philosophy bullshit, right? So, let's see here. The match that started off the night, Joey Janela versus Serpentico. Okay, so Janela took over first, then Serpentico took over, so it was back and forth. And then Luther attacked Sonny Kiss, but Kiss retaliated, so... Joey Janela beat Serpentico via pinfall. So, I guess, you know, you get what you get, right? Private Party versus Dark Order, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. So, it was a tag team match. And um, Private Party. I wish, you know, we could see this match. I don't know how well it would work out. But the Street Profits versus Private Party. I watched that any day, right? Anyway, so things got on to a better pace. Uh, Silver Powerbomb, Isaiah Cassidy on the Reynolds. Moving forward, I'm not trying, folks, to uh, string this out, but um, they hit Jim and Juice, private party did, so they picked they pinned Silver for the win. And then uh, Britt Baker versus Big Swole for the match. Let's see here. He went for a syringe of Novocaine. Okay, I don't know how much gimmick bullshit you want to start off with in the night, but it's up to them, man. They are the ones creating this match, so, you know, whatever. The Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. Okay. I saw this, but, the, you know, like I said, they ain't lying when they're saying it was their worst pay-per-view to date. And um, I don't want to get into cynicisms just yet, so I'm going to review Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, super kick from the apron. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was, it was a very bang-bang match, folks. Let's just say Jurassic Express. And uh, then you have Luchasaurus hit a dive from the outside. Jackson landed super kicks. Uh, BTE trigger finished off Jungle Boy. So the Young Bucks beat Jurassic Express pinfall. So it wasn't a terrible match. Another battle royal. 
I feel like, you know, if you're going to be unique, there's some kind of formula you have to go on, which is the crock of shit. This just seems like an extension of the independence mixed at the pro level. Having a battle royal, really. So, SEU and Santana and Ortiz will have to get a bit of shine. Okay, whoever wrote this is a former worker, a total mark. Um, Lance Archer won the battle royal. Big surprise. He is a big fucker. Trust me, I've seen him at revolver shows, and um, the guy, he does have presence and does have size and make you go, holy fuck, I don't want to mess with you. Um, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match. I don't know what that constitutes as, but um, he tries to run down with a shopping cart. Okay. And then um, Hardy seemed legitimately hurt. He was unable to stand. Yeah, this match, like, I don't know. Whether you choose, it's the lesser of two poisons, right? Because WWE, without fans, I get to that later. I get to that later. Matt Hardy ended up beating Sammy Guevara via a 10 count. It's an odd way to end that style of match, right? Then you have the AEW Women's Championship, Kiroshita versus Thunder Rosa. It started off, you know, bang, bang, back and forth between Rosa and Kiroshita. And then Shida come back with a sleeper. Let me see my mid-match notes. Rosa, you know, she she really did. Um, she delivered a lot through the match, so they're not lying about that. Sheeta came back, and then Rosa hit her head into the steps, and she kicked out of a Michinoku driver, doesn't everyone? Because some people may, some people don't. I don't know. Hikaru Sheeta beat Thunder Rosa, and she retained the title. So there's that. The Dark Order versus Matt Cardona and Scorpio Sky. Let's see here. Yeah, Dark Order versus Matt Cardona and Scorpio Sky, Natural Nightmares. So, um, what the hell? I don't understand this. So, unsurprisingly, it was QT Marshall who was cut from his team. Whatever that means. Oh, yeah, they had a tag team tournament. So, Brody Lee, so Anna Jay got involved, but a Randy Rose pump kick. I'm not surprised, folks, at some of the shit that AEW does, but I will try and get through this review without being a cynic. I'll be more of a critic here in a minute, so just give me a second. We're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification right here on Russell Radio Network. Fight, fight, fight. Now, let's see if we can get through this without dying or me fight, you know. Okay, look, I, I'm trying to be as fair as I can, but, you know, if you want to message me a comment or a discord or a disagreement, you can do so at Russell underscore radio on Instagram at Brian Rails on Twitter or Btrain0005000 on the Facebook Wrestle Radio forward slash Facebook dot com. So Scorpio Sky or Cordona Scorpio Sky and Natural Nightmares defeat the Dark Order, uh, and that was a good match. AEW Tag Team Championship Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus FTR. So here's the deal, folks. Um, yeah, after a hot start by the champions, Page found himself in trouble. Uh, both teams showed off some sick tag tactics, whatever. Page quickly got back on the apron, yada, blah. Omega tried to pull Page from the ring, but Hardwood dragged Page to his corner. FTR hit the mind breaker for a two count. It's a lot of like uh, NXT, a lot of near fall. So FTR beat Kenny Omega and won the tag titles. They, you know, they're a good tag team, so they're deserving of winning the tag team championships. They did great work outside of NXT, so... More power to him. Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy and Mimosa Mayhem. 
You know, folks, um, there's a reason why certain things are, are criticized in wrestling. And if something's too gimmicky, here comes my cynicism. If they gave it a C plus, yes. Thank you. So Cassidy, yeah, this the I agree with this last sentiment here because Jericho ended up in a vat full of mimosas, and uh, it says not you know not bad, not really good either. So Orange Cassidy beat Chris Jericho via mimosa bat. It's like you know wrestling's already considered a joke to most people who don't watch it anymore. So. Maybe that's why they were given a grade as a C plus. I don't know. But uh, John Moxley versus MJF for the AEW Championship. So let's see here. After MJF spit Moxley's face, champion once again. Blah, 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 paradigm shift. This was a good back and forth match. You know, it got a B plus. Let's see here. MJF failed to catch it. Realizing the ref was distracted with the paradigm shift behind the ref's back. So, in other words, Moxley used a move. He used the rules against MJF. I like this kid. You know, he's good, Mike, but sometimes his wrestling, I don't know how you would begin to describe it. It'd be good, bad, different. Cornette could describe it to you. I could describe it to you. Who are we? Critics, cynics. AEW also, folks, is on the cusp of signing another former WWE superstar. AJ Styles. And uh, before I hit off the rails uncensored, I am going to allow, you know, three minutes of someone else's podcast to be aired on mine because you know why? I do not own the rights to this Patreon podcast. So, you know, Matt Jackson basically stated this is what was going to happen with AJ. This is who was going to debut. I'll let you be the judges and while we sit and listen to this gym. Okay, folks? So, Bear with me while I queue it up. Okay, maybe I was wrong. But um, Matt Johnson spoke about the original plans for AEW's Dynamite. Sorry, folks. And uh, it basically stated, while I pull it up, AJ Styles AEW plans So Not only just all over the place But it's Yeah Brock Lesnar I don't believe that one So I'm just going to read to you this tidbit of it. Why is it a minute long? Ah, here we go. So, basically, folks, it's maybe a minute long, but um, God bless, this guy's got everything on his website. So, basically, AJ Styles was supposed to appear it wasn't for the fact that he was diagnosed with uh, COVID-19, but um, let's see here. Matt Jackson reveals AEW plans to debut. So essentially, folks, not to pause this too long, Matt Jackson basically stated, you know, it says the first guy in the conversation buzzed us in. I just got too good of an offer from WWE, and I would have never got that money without you guys, so I want to thank you. That was part of the conversation between he and Matt Jackson, but I mean, AEW did throw out a pretty big number for him to show up in their camp. And also, folks, I want to see this on Twitter, folks. I just have to. I have to get the scoop, man. So apparently, that's full of nothing. My apologies. But you do realize, you know, the Good Brothers—they're in Impact Wrestling, and 
Now this has been cited over every single article and every single wrestling newscast, right? So it says, when we're pitching ideas to have you guys, Anderson Gallows, come in, it's not just to be the two of you uh, debuting in AEW. There was going to be another person who I would not name. Let us just say he's another Bullet Club member. You may not want to talk about. Had AJ signed with AEW, certainly would have competed in excellent matches with likes of Chris Jericho, Omega. I mean, let's not put it past AEW to sign a big name like that. It's just a matter of the timeline. You know, if WWE offers you a big number, you're obviously going to want the numbers, right? And look at AJ's career already, Japan, stateside, Germany, UK. I mean, his name is plastered all over wrestling fandom. Everyone, if you mention AJ Styles, they immediately do the pose, you know, that not just WWE, but the two sweet symbol. I don't think Scott Hall and Kevin Nash cared because, you know, the statement that was made about that gesture was, well, if we're not active, what's the point of people bitching? But yet, you know, you're going to have people bitching based on gesture and the fact that AJ Styles did not sign with AEW. Doesn't matter if it's oversaturated at this point. You know, I've bitched enough about AEW being the type of company that they are. And with this pay per view, it doesn't define who they are. It just tells you every company fucks up every once in a great while. And boy, you know, a lot of people retort and say, well, WWE fucks up all the time. You don't think that one company or one in particular wrestling. Promotion has fucked up. No one ever likes to admit, hey, yeah, I screwed up. I, you know, I owe all of you an apology, unless they're a truly genuine promoter. And that's too far and in between. Promoters are never going to sit there and admit, some of them won't, that they were in the wrong and that they fucked up. I mean, when you have matches that don't really catch a crowd. And you've got a lot of AEW fans running around right now. Why? Because they're the new toy. They're the new shiny toy that everyone wants to sit there and experiment with, play with, have their friends come along. Oh, do you see what this toy can do? That's AEW. They're still in the embryonic stages. And for FTR to win the tag team championships, you know, Mazel Tov to them. Congratulations. They're the butt end of jokes in WWE and not really coming to fruition as a tag team. So them winning a tag title is cool, whatever. You know, more more power to the people who win titles, correct? Britt Baker. I don't know <clears throat> the further extent of her career is, but I can just tell you. Not really have ever been a fan of hers. You know, she's really good. It's, you know, she must have been good to catch the eyes of Triple H and the talent, you know, talent relations in WWE to be in the Mae Young Classics. I mean, she must be doing something right. Uh, when it comes to full-on people, you know, getting all interested in Dark Order, did we not see this shit with Kevin Sullivan and his followers, you know, and I hate to bring her name up, but Nancy, I forget. I don't know what her last name really truly was, but I'm just going to leave it at um, in WCW. This is exactly the same shit that had occurred, you know, at Starcade or at Bash at the Beach. Some of these were really decent, but, you know, for back in the day, you know, us as kids, we'd be like, we didn't care about if it was a horrible pay-per-view. But then, you know, Back to the entire AEW situation. When you have a gimmicky match, it's okay in some instances, but to enhance the talent, really, I mean, I don't know how to put this or explain this to you all, but when you have an overly gimmicked match and the Mimosa match with Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy, I'm not sure how much fun they had diving in there. I mean, if you have to... Let me just read you on Twitter what Chris Jericho said, because this is hilarious. 
And I'm pretty sure, you know, this is his response to one of the tweets, and I always get updated from all this. So um, it says, making a lot of money to not take the business serious and try to, you know, put pockets over as a legit wrestler. This is silly. How the mighty have fallen, how the mighty drink the Kool-Aid. Then Jericho basically states, Fuck off, dipshits. The simplest of responses to anything. So, and this is from the screen says, um, vaccinate your kids. I mean, that replying to that real Mick Foley. So, I want to see the original tweet because I wonder what Foley had to say about this as well. It says, wearing, oh, he did. It says, wearing the mask. Equals an easy, effective way of showing you care about others. Not wearing a mask. Okay, so that's about wearing a mask. <laughs> then he talks about a super kick on the NBA. But you get the gist, right, folks? Sometimes a mask can be overly gimmicky. And then again, you know, he could sit there and say, holy fuck, this dude's a sadist because he wasn't the one that tweeted it. I'm just saying, I wonder what he said. And piss this dude off because that is very pompous to say, but it's also true. So a dude that puts hands in his pockets. And then Jericho obviously broke kayfabe and gives a fuck by saying fuck off dipshit. Not the one putting on the match, but at the same token, it's lose-lose. For me, as a wrestling podcast host, because I like Chris. I think he's great. And putting over the young talent, he never had an issue with. It's just, I really would like to point out some things here, folks, that some of you will understand, and some of you probably will be like, why the fuck is he blathering on? Sometimes wrestling, you need comic relief. You need matches that will vary up the fucking card. Jericho knows this because the man put on a show for Ring of Honor inside a cruise ship. Now imagine having matches inside a cruise ship, and I don't know if you feel seasick. So how how are you supposed to watch wrestling matches now? That's that's the thing. How are you supposed to watch professional wrestling matches? All right. So I know I'm supposed to review WWE Raw, and it was interesting in some areas uh, the whole night. So, yep. WWE, and again, this article I come across um, is an intriguing one. I'm going to read that as well. Without Heyman as a part of the creative team, I don't know where you would go. But, like I said, I've got a show to review, folks. So, WWE Raw, and I will get back and incorporate AEW, WWE, all in one fell swoop, okay? Tonight edition of WWE Raw. So you have the headlines as Orton going one-on-one with uh, Keith Lee. Mysterio takes on Murphy in a street fight. So automatically, you know, this is going to be okay. So yeah, Keith Lee versus Ray. Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio versus Murphy. Owens versus Aleister Black and Raw Underground. Uh, I can imagine how violent that got. Um Holy Mysterio Batman, Jesus Christ. Um, i got to play this clip, folks. I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, I did have it on mute because I was working on the podcast for tonight. But, um, geez Louise, I just caught wind of a clip. Or is that a gif? No, 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 no. I, I, this is pretty cool. So Dominic Mysterio and family beat down Buddy Murphy. Oh, it's just a gif. God bless it. Family activities, huh? That's it. That's the tweet. I, you know, 
It's one wild street fight in Thunderdome between Dominic and Murphy, so okay. Now Dominic sent right over the Adapo table. Almost hit a Samoa Joe's lap. The official gonna sit. And then he goes and there's a fireman of a street fight. Well Dominic has to not have a Okay, that was obviously last week. Or no, this was this week. Sorry, folks. Music. Dig it. 
closest personality. So, you want to look at numbers and hear about them? Because, I mean, you hear about them practically every week with me on the show, right? Where AEW stands in ratings, I want to get right now. Because I want to get their ratings as far as this week and as far as last week. So, AEW ratings. Now, I don't want show ratings from IMDb. So, this week, AEW drew a 0.30 rating in the 1849 demographic from last week, while NXT drew 0.18 uh, in the same demo this week. This week's AEW show drew a 0.32 rating, while the NXT episode drew a 0.17. AEW ranked number six in cable top 150 for the 18 to 49 demo, while NXT ranked number 28. So, in viewership, uh, okay, last week's NXT episode drew 615,000 viewers. So... Dynamite drew 845,000 and ranked number five in the cable top 150 and 63 in viewership. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills top nine in the 18 to 49 demographic cable top 150 with 0.54 rating. So the other shows compared to NXT and AEW, it's just I tell you, I'm going to tell you again. It says, in a recent post on Twitter, journalist Brian Alvarez revealed the viewership scores from AEW and NXT. As Wednesday Night Wars rage on, a huge turn of tides. AEW has overtaken NXT in scores and by a big margin. So AEW ended with a total viewership of 788,000 compared to NXT 631,000. This was back on July 17th, folks. I mean... The recent ratings, you know, like I said, is a point three versus a point one eight. I don't know where to begin to describe this other than, you know, maybe being good at ratings, but that's because everyone's so sick of WWE's let's lull them in, then throw them under the bus type mentality. So where to go from here if you're WWE don't do that shit because you're going to lose viewers plain and simple you know people read because you know it's, it's better to just understand where they're going with Lesnar where they're going with Reigns what they're doing with Heyman and speaking from earlier I believe if Heyman was still around on the creative staff maybe some personal bias because of Vince's past with Paul uh, once upon a time, Paul Heyman, it wasn't well perceived by Vince because in a documentary, not just a documentary, I'm pretty sure things are fine between Paul and Vince. I don't really delve into like, oh, yeah, you know, they're really good friends in real life. I mean, Paul's smarter than he looks. It's just money-wise, not so much because, one, Paul had been cited by a lot of ECW alumni, not in a good way, as far as, you know, running a promotion, the dude was a revolutionary, so why aren't we, you know, collectively speaking, why not let Paul Heyman have the creative reins, well, he doesn't own the company, that's why, and two... The whole, you know, with things getting edgier, you know, I don't know if it's too little, too late. The whole turn with Sasha and Bailey is not the main focus of tonight's discussion, but there are certain things that have happened in both AEW and WWE that make me want to tell you all something, a little something. Okay. I keep repeating this line about AEW. For one, you state that, or Cody Rhodes stated, we don't want to be overly saturated with you know, their former talent. We want to be homegrown. He's allowed to change his mind, folks. I mean, if you need big names to head your company, I guarantee you that the reason why AEW is getting ratings is, well, 
We don't want to see 20 minutes of talking or, no, this guy turned on his best friend, and we don't know who the fuck he is, but this is interesting. And I'm talking about tonight when Cedric Alexander was turned heel, and it's like some of you are saying that might be the solution to a lot of WWE's problems is turn everyone heel. I kind of say this nicely. Where in the hell was this shit when you guys had a crowd? The WWE with the crowd is still drawing the same, or was still drawing the same ratings as they're drawing now, and if, you know, not if, they are drawing less. I just gave you the numbers and the demographics, and some may say, well, I'm not going off numbers, I'm going off what entertains. Times have changed, folks. People have WWE Network. They have phones. They've got uh, stuff they can stream the show off afterwards because a lot of us work late nights. Them versus, you know, things with a crowd with WWE is was not similar to what's going on right now. They never would have pulled the trigger because Roman Reigns not only was dealing with leukemia, still is, but to turn his character heel would have been suicide if you suggested it. Now, also, you know, you had Bailey who could barely fuck work her way out of a paper bag when it came to promos. And not just, dude, it's not that she doesn't know where her placement is in the ring, what her skills are, what her skill set is. But I think she too needs to go with Heyman because why? Homegirl cannot talk to save her life, her skill set. The heel was fucking terrible. Then she turned on Sasha. Now she's not getting empathy. Great. Where in the fuck was this shit two years ago? When they had all the opportunity to pull the trigger on certain hot-button storylines and certain angles to go with your show, which would have made the audience be like, oh, wow, they actually did this. Holy shit. It took a minute for people to get, you know, behind Becky Lynch because she was – it wasn't that she didn't have charisma. It wasn't that she didn't have drive, Becky did. It was the fact that, um, that she was boring as fuck in her very first tenure in NXT and when she first got on the main roster. It just – not capitalizing is what bugs the fuck out of me when I go back and think on what WWE could have done. Now, as you watch the current product, you've got maybe a slim chance of what, you know, what if we had crowds, would WWE be drawing more so than AEW? And that's a matter of, okay, the fans were sick of this shit because Every pay-per-view was either a champion we didn't want, a champion, or somebody that was up and coming, and then you just completely squash them. And that includes the likes of Bray Wyatt, or not, you know, not listening to the ideology of certain fans. I'm not saying that we know everything, but we had a general concept idea of what we wanted to see. They said, "Oh, I don't really think this will work out because we might lose our key players." What in the fuck are you guys talking about? With the crowd, all this shit would have been really good because you would gain insight. You would gain viewership. I, I should replace that word. You would gain viewership. But instead, there was just a huge, like I said, a huge yawn over the fact that not just Roman Reigns going over, but Lesnar. Lesnar was the kryptonite that for some weird reason, you know, I don't know if Superman and the comics would keep going back to said kryptonite, even after how many times he knew that was his weakness. Why would you go back to going to kryptonite, which would make you feel weak, sick, unable to have strength? Like Moxley stated in his podcast, you know, it's not good when the company you used to work for is your competition, your competition's not doing as good as they can. 
I really honestly, folks, I don't know what to say about tonight's show because it was mixed with wrestling, it was mixed with turns, it was mixed with entertainment and bullshit as normal because that's most shows, right, for WWE, mixed with bullshit. AEW, I'm glad finally someone called them out on their shit. And the fact that their pay-per-view wasn't all that grand. When someone says this pay-per-view was the shit, it was better than anything WWE can produce, I'm just going to point something out. At any given time in professional wrestling, just like any given Sunday on football, you can have the greatest of all shows for a whole year. That's because your product is new and the audience is just starting to get, you know, adapting to what you are showing them on live TV. When you get to a pay-per-view, that's supposed to be the point where either you flourish or you fail. You're not always going to have a good pay-per-view. This one, this pay-per-view, all out, the reaction I have towards it it wasn't bad it wasn't it wasn't good it just it didn't really fucking stand out to me as a, oh wow I, you know I want to rewatch this the matches that saved their bacon was that tag team match I don't know you know like they said Matt Seidel had that one instant in, during the battle royal where he tripped and fell off the, uh, the turnbuckle you know shit happens and so I'm going to say I can at five nine, two hundred twenty-five pounds, I definitely could not get up and do what he did. I would look like a complete joke and probably end up on a blooper reel. So, just you know, just putting that out there. Most of the time, folks, when you watch a wrestling show and you see what you see, you make you come to your own conclusions. This show was worth it. It wasn't worth it. This show I want to rewatch. This show I don't want to rewatch. Like when you DVR stuff on your TV. I DVR AEW Dynamite so I can compare and contrast what WWE is doing and what they're doing. Their talent versus WWE's. They've got more free range. With WWE, it's kind of like Sing Sing in some instances because you're not allowed, your character. Your gimmick is, oh, you gay. You're going over tonight, blah, blah, blah. It's more than just that. But NXT, you're trying to revert back to the intrigue, the interest. It's hard. It's harder for them without a crowd because without a crowd, NXT is solely basing their shit off of how many draws can we, how many viewers can we gain from doing takeovers, you know, and now they're doing shows from the Amway Center in Orlando, so it's, you know, it's difficult to make excuses for a company that I, you know, I, when I first started watching NXT, I was like, holy shit, man, this is great, compelling TV. Even JR was a part of the broadcast team, you know, part of the talent relations section firm, because JR's definitely got a good eye for talent. And some may criticize him and some may not about when it comes to finding talent. I mean, the guy's got 40-plus years of experience in the business. He's been around just as long as Jim Cornette and a few other dudes have been around the business that long. Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Jake Snake. So I'm just going to point out WWE without a crowd. It was bad when you sit there and pull the same shit that you do to I'm surprised that there's viewership at all and that's because my version of entertainment is different from a zillion other people's versions of entertainment I realize this again if you have any questions folks or comments or concerns or outrage or whatever then you can do so by messaging me at Wrestle underscore radio or or you can also do so by going to Wrestle Radio forward slash Facebook dot com or at Brian Rails on Twitter. 
as I was saying, I don't know. It's very it's very complex, and I get a migraine just thinking about you know WWE with a crowd, without a crowd. There are certain superstars who are more patient than all get out because of the paycheck. And then there are those that actually entertain because they work their ass off to get where they are. McIntyre, after watching, you know, his 24 and uh, certain superstars during WrestleMania, you know who is sincere and who's not. I met some of these people. I don't want to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, I, I know who they are. I know their personalities. I don't think so. That's a no-no. Them, you know, AEW without a crowd, they're still drawing ratings miraculously because one, actually, Jericho, Moxley, Santana, Ortiz, Private Party, the list goes on of talent they have. But then you wonder, with all the crummy wrestling that happens in AEW, in some aspects, not all, you wonder how the fuck are they still afloat Tony Khan's a billionaire also. So he's pouring all his money into, you know, making matches where people who are sadists, and I'm going to say this nicely, want to be masochists, want to be sadists who wrestle in the backyard. You're making their fantasies come true. And it's not a problem promoting the product. No, it's a problem (laughs) when you're hurt, you still wrestle. I'm just asking, dude, because Some people are really trying to rip me a new asshole for saying shit about AEW. They remind me so much of WCW with all the layouts. Their ring, for starters. Their overly gimmicky matches. Gee, I wonder, isn't isn't Eric Bischoff in their camp? I mean, that's a for surefire way to question AEW. Not just because of one person, but the overly gimmicky matches like... Street fight, or Lord forbid, if they're going to have a paddle on a pole match, or if they have a hardcore match that includes the broom with barbed wire wrapped on it, where Omega, or no, it was Pac who almost impaled one of his thumbs when he picked it up. The point I'm trying to make is not everything has to be a goddamn specialty match, but Jesus Christ, I'm laughing my ass off. There's a huge vat of mimosa. And Jericho gets thrown into it, and that's how he loses. For a guy that reminds me so much of Enzo Amore, instead of using his hands for a close, or his hands in his forearms, or whatever, his hands in his arms for a clothesline, he's a unique gimmick. We'll give it to him that way, and he's a draw, and he sells a lot in pro wrestling tees. But just like a promo, I'm about to tear him down. If you don't wrestle with your hands, I will kick the fuck out of you. I will beat the ever-living bejesus out of you if I am standing across from you because I am... No, dude. There are some dudes who will be unwilling to take a bump from that fucker simply because... Not just bumps, but imagine planning a match with him. Oh, I'm going to give you a drop kick with no hands. And Okay, I'm not. it wouldn't sound like that, but... It would, you can't lock up with him because he's such a nonchalant asshole as his gimmick, right? So when you go from the beginning, middle, and end, he eventually has to take his hands out to do moonsaults because if you do it with hands in your pockets, you're going to end up a paraplegic. Sorry, I had my cornet moment. But it's the truth, folks. It's how I feel about some of this shit. It's like, are you fucking serious? It's just, I want to know what it is that's so appealing about certain members or certain stars of AEW. You've got the Dark Order. They've got a lot of former WWE superstars in their ranks. you got Brody Lee. you got Matt Hardy. you got Chris Jericho, Cody Rhodes. At one point, NJF did try out for NXT and was an extra for NXT. So does that mean he was affiliated with WWE in some shape or form? Mm, no, I wouldn't count being an extra as part of affiliation. 
And then you have Sammy Guevara, who did tryouts for NXT, was a part of the Performance Center during 2016. So when when WWE had these people employed, Britt Baker, oh, there's a lot more. FTR, Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko. So these are like the big wigs in the creative office as well, Billy Gunn. What does this have to do with them versus without a crowd? It amazes me that people would be so fickle and be like, I like this group of people because unlike WWE, they disappoint in their stories. Again, I'm just happy and content with people getting in the ring, telling a story, beating some ass, and just doing the best they can. When it's stuff is too overly gimmicked, like tonight's WWE Raw, where, you know, one guy joins another faction, and some may say they're not totally faction-heavy. I said, thank God, because I would have definitely turned the channel if I saw one group against another group. The stories need to be fixed. And WWE has improved upon certain things, but boy, it pisses me off because where in the fuck was this shit in 2018, 2019? And let's go further back. When a lot of people complained about Bailey being heel, I think they guys saw how she is as a heel. Wow, she can't do anything. Whether or not you know someone says, I cannot believe Cornette said she's an you know important piece to the puzzle as far as the women's division goes because she's that baby face. She needs to show empathy and to show. <sighs> Show the crowd that she has range. Well, in a way, it was the roundabout middle finger to the fans who had wanted her for the longest time to be a heel. And Sasha Banks, I don't She has never been one of my favorite superstars at all. And if I ever had an option when, you know, signings become a thing when COVID-19 goes away, if I saw her on the list, it's easy. I will not go that direction after what she did to my cousin and what she said to her too which again we're not going to delve into the past too much what Sasha and Bailey are but there are certain aspects of WWE without a crowd that pisses me off we asked for a lot of action and no more promo what do we get tonight we get a reiteration of promo 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 and then fight, fight, fight. For three hours, quit doing three hours. No, we were suffering with two hours. You know why? Because if you have an 18-minute promo, this is not, and I've said this before, you want to improve the rights or the, the ranks of your shows. Do the unexpected with the limited amount of people you have due to COVID-19. It's easier said than done, so let's use the... Um, Let's use the talent that's not been used. No problem. Let's use them for a segment that reminds us all of Brawl for All. And Russo's probably cracking a smile because JBL ran his mouth. And this is the reason why we had this whole tournament in the first place. Is one of you possibly related to Russo? Because the idea and concept behind underground wrestling, I don't know. It has its hit and misses, and it's very much, you know, their version of freestyle. It's something different. We always request something different because fans nowadays, I don't like this. And the next week, I liked it. Why did you stop it? It's difficult without fans. It's even more difficult when there's no pleasing them. So, in my opinion, you know, as a fan... It'd be nice if there was a happy medium where entertainment was a thing and wrestling was completely oh, not null and void, but not the same matches every single week. Well, when you say, well, we have limited options, who would you suggest? I don't care if NXT invades both rosters again because we're getting close to Survivor Series, so why not start the build now? 
because Clash of Champions is that arc before whatever fucked up pay-per-view WWE has coming up. I lose track sometimes, guys. I really do. Extreme Rules wasn't even extreme. We've said that for the last how many years now. Uh, Clash of Champions is either a surprise retain, not really. Even without crowds, they're somehow managing to lose viewers. How is that fucking humanly possible? You would think with all this shit going down that both AEW and WWE would be in the toilet because the last thing some people want to see is professional wrestling. Because, oh, why would we see that fake shit? Well, it's all staged. It's choreographed. And this guy's not really bleeding. That's just a blood packet in his hand. You see right there? He put the blood packet in his knuckles. If I have to deal, you know... With people sitting here on my Instagram telling me, well, you know, times have changed, and yeah, I'm I'm well aware of that. I'm also well aware of the fact that no matter what WWE does, it still boggles my mind how in the bluest of all hells you manage to lose a demographic from 18 to 49 and go down 0.2 per, you know, 1-2% from third, you know, Third, yeah, 30 to 18. Some people are craving to see blood because, like I said, you have status masochists who enjoy seeing people getting bloodied and beaten with chairs and thumbtacks and barbed wire and two-by-fours with barbed wire. So, in other words, ECW slash Japan in some areas. The styles, that is. If WWE would just quit the whole family-friendly era, is what some say, you might see an improvement. Well, you know, same goes for AEW. If their matches stop being gimmicky, who's going to tune in to watch them? Most of the fans there will sit there and say, oh, well, you know, you're full of shit because you're just favoring WWE. No, dude, I would like for both to be at the top of their game, on the ball, just entertaining. That's it. That's one fucking word that seems to elude both companies. Is you're entertaining. That's half the time yes, half the time no. So all I ask is that you take into consideration wrestling is about entertaining for some. It's about telling a story. And uh, if you don't do it, it's all about perception, right? So my perception is this. I'm baffled by how you can lose ratings without, you know, without an audience. I mean, that should drive you more to do stuff that you haven't seen or done or been done before. So anyways, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Good night, bitches. I got some sleep. Got to work in the morning. Got to make a living. Love you. Thank you all for listening. Tune in next month or tune in this Wednesday. Special uh, surprise guest host. I don't know who he is. He's got an amateur background in MMA and various boxing and jujitsu. So he'll probably fill you in better than I could. Anyways, good night. I love you. Listen, download, share, repeat. Toodles, bitches. Got to get some rest. Now